listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, I wanted to show you something uh, that I've been literally meditating on quite a bit. And uh, as as you look over the body of Christ, one of the things that you'll kind of realize sometimes is there are people that get frustrated because they start feeling like they hit a growth ceiling or an increased ceiling where they feel like they've gone as far as they can go. They can't go any further. And uh, if you haven't taken a moment to share this, take take a moment to share, to, to share it because I hate seeing people frustrated by knowing they could be doing more for the kingdom. They could be ha- seeing more take place in their life and family. And then they start getting discouraged, almost like, well, this is all there is. You know, this this is all there is. I guess I'll just have to be satisfied with this. And that's not the case at all. Literally, if you study the word of God, one thing you will find very quickly is that God's plan for you is never-ending increase. God's plan for all of his children is never-ending increase uh, until Jesus comes. The, the whole kingdom of God is based on that increase. And so I want you to understand that uh, it's never God's desire ever that you stop growing, that you stop increasing, that you stop being blessed, that you stop going beyond where you are now. You know, my grandfather had a really great uh, saying that he would say all the time that keeps this whole thing in perspective uh, for you, which is, this is what he would say. He'd say, I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. That was what he would say. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. What that means, if you unpack it and break it down is, I'm happy, I'm, you know, in, in one sense, I'm content with where I am, and I'm happy that, about where God brought me from. I'm not there anymore. I'm not where I used to be. And I'm thankful that he brought me here. However, I know that this isn't all he has for me. This isn't the end of my life. This is not the culmination of my uh, my seeds sown, my actions taken. There's more that God has for my life and for your life. And so that's what he would say. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. And that's what it means. And that's the mindset we have to keep is thank God. Now, listen, I've been thanking God all year. Literally, people have thought, that, you know, this is such a horrible year. We're in a pandemic lockdown. This is the best year our ministry's ever had, ever, ever. In the history of our ministry, I want you to imagine that. In the midst of a lockdown, in the midst of a pandemic, this is the best year that we've ever had in every metric. I mean, like any metric you want to measure, it's been the best. And so it's what God does. And um, I'm only 38 years old. I'm not stopping here. I mean, it's like, well, we had a phenomenal year in 2020, and I'm, I'd say that's about it. That's about all God can do. No, I'm not stopping. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm gonna, we're going to keep moving forward. Of course, you know what we've been confessing. Violent increase, expedited favor. God's done it. For Not just for me, for many of you. I've gotten all your testimonies your stories, all the things God's done in your family, business, and life, and ministries. I've seen it. And he just keeps honoring his word. Violent increase, expedited favor. And so he's going to keep on doing it. And that's just not something that's going to stop after 2020. 2021 is going to be greater than this year. So I want to encourage you. I tweeted something the other day. Hey, Brother Paul, love you, man. Glad you're on. Um, There's a great praise and worship leader right there. Um, I want to say this. I've tweeted it out a few days ago. If you're between the ages of 50 and 60 years old, even a few few years older, maybe 63, if you're in that age bracket, let me encourage you with something. You haven't even hit halftime yet. Think about that. You haven't even hit halftime yet. There's my friend Nathan Pimentel. Love you, buddy. Evangelist Nathan. Love you, man. You've not even hit halftime yet. You know, people think, well, I'm getting older, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm about to retire, my life's about, you know, no, no, you haven't even hit halftime yet. I mean, think about it. Think about it. I mean, you, 
especially in 2020, the days we're living, people, especially God's people, are living so much longer now with technology, with all that we have, we can do much more than we ever have done in the history of the world. There's never been a time that we could do more than we're doing, than we can do right now. I mean, even what I'm sitting here doing with you, got people logging on from all over the world. I'm sitting in a hotel room in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, and, and talking to you. And then we got people logging on from this nation, other nations. You couldn't do this even, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, like, so with all we have available to us and people are living longer and longer, plus, you know, God's people are going to leave even longer than that because God's taking care of our bodies, taking care of us. And so don't look at yourself and say, well, I'm 55, as Dana said, I'm 59, I'm 60, you know, my life's coming to 65, coming to a close. No, you haven't even hit halftime yet. Believe for 120. But listen, don't think, you know, it's funny to me how people think because they're not uh, 30 or because they're not 40, you know, that their time has passed. Your time hasn't passed. Your time has not passed. You know, you think about the people that did uh, phenomenal things in the later years of their life. Look at Colonel Sanders. I put that in one of the magazines. I forget what age he was. He was like in his 60s before uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken even really took off. Nick, do you remember what it was? Nick Greenwald, do you remember how old he was? But I mean, you think about Colonel Sanders. He wasn't even, I mean, he was was up in his 60s before uh, KFC even took off. You look at Brother Hagin. His, His ministry didn't even really fully take off Till he was in, you know, in his fifties and sixties and then it blew up and people think, well, you know, because I'm not 30, I'm not 40. You know, let me tell you something. You haven't even begun. If you're 50 between 50, 60, 65 years old, you, you haven't even hit halftime. Nick said he was, he was 70, closer to 70 when that took off. Let me tell you something. We're living in the greatest days that have ever been to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. So don't get discouraged. Yeah, look at my dad. My dad's preaching like a man, a house on fire. Up, he's up there. He's been doing four weeks straight, five weeks out of New England. Hey, time's not up. You haven't even hit halftime yet. Haven't even hit halftime yet. My dad's running in a new fire, new wind. And I'm telling you something. Every one of you can be the same. Don't look at your life and say, "Well, I'm coming. To, it's coming to a close. I'm gonna just settle down, calm down." Don't see. You're making the decision to calm down. You're making the decision to settle down. And, and, and you don't have to do that. You know, you think about Moses in the Bible. Bible says that he was 120, died, but his eyesight never dimmed and his strength never abated. Glory to God. His eyesight never dimmed. You know, Moses wasn't walking around with spectacles and a cane. Eyesight never dimmed. Strength never abated. You look at Caleb, 85 years old, had to wait 45 years to see the results of his faith and promise that God gave him to take the promised land, was willing to wait 45 years. He said, I'm stronger today at 85 than I was when I was 40. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I feel the anointing on that, that you don't look at yourself and say, well, I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do that. That's a lie of the devil. You're not too old. You haven't even, if you're 50 to 60 years old, you haven't even hit halftime yet. Let me encourage you. You've not even hit halftime yet. You have got the strength of God, the power of God, the thoughts of God, the mind of Christ. There's nothing you can't do, nothing you can't accomplish. It's just getting started for you. I mean, the the games are won in the second half. Think about that. Games are won in the second half. How are you going to play in the second half? Did you you, uh, uh, condition yourself to be the one who outlasts? Did you condition yourself? Now, see, you can make, Arnie, Arnie said, that's how I feel. I'm ready to go home. The evil in this world sucks. I agree that the evil in this world sucks, Arnie. And I'm with you. And literally, that can be your decision. You can, ha- you can make the decision to go home, be with the Lord if you want to. I mean, that, no condemnation if that's your decision. Uh, Paul finally made that decision. The apostle, he said, you know, the church begged him not to go to Jerusalem. Uh, the prophet Agabus prophesied that if you do go to Jerusalem, you'll be bound up and taken into captivity. And they begged him not to go. And he said, you know what? I'm ready to give my life. I've run my race. As he said to Timothy, I've finished my course. But notice, you don't have to be taken out by evil. You can run your race. You can finish your course. And you can go on to heaven victorious. You don't have to be taken out. 
But if you decide like Paul did, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and be with the Lord. That's what I long to be. I long to be with the Lord. Then you can do it. I remember listening to uh, Brother Hagin, and he always used to talk about it. When I die, I'm not going to die sick. I'm not going to die, you know, broke. He's, and he, he would always say it. I'm going to come downstairs, eat my berries and cream, and then I'm going I'm to go home be with the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. I had friends that were in the Ramah Singers and Band staying with him at his house when he passed away. Came downstairs one morning, suit pants and his dress shirt, sat down at the table, had his berries and cream, bowed his chin to his chest and gave up the ghost. You don't have to be sick to die. You don't have to be uh, struck down by evil to die. You can run your race. You can finish your course and God will use you. You can go home and be with the Lord. But don't ever feel like you cannot do what God said you can do because of your age. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the devil to stop you from moving forward. And today I'm going to give you from the word three uh, signs or three reasons that you may have hit your growth ceiling. You feel like, man, I just don't know. I, 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 it doesn't seem like I'm moving forward anymore. doesn't feel like I'm increasing anymore. doesn't feel like I'm having those victories like I used to have anymore. Well, there may be three reasons that you're seeing that happen in your life. And I pray that uh, this broadcast is going to help you. It's going to show you some things from the word of God to help you and then make some changes and start increasing again, start growing again. And I want you to put it in the comments. Uh, every person that's watching, it's time to increase. I want you to put that in the comments section. It's time to increase. I believe that it's time to increase. Do you know what I believe? I believe these last three months of 2020 are going to be the greatest we've ever seen. I honestly believe that. My father prophesied that we'd see a surprise in October, a good one. And I believe that's coming to pass. And um, I'm just telling you, October, November, December, going to be the greatest months we've seen in Jesus' name. It's time to increase. Put it in the comments. It is time to increase. And we're going to increase in Jesus' name. I see my friend Joel Toller over in the UK I love you, buddy, even though you're not an Arsenal fan. It's time to increase. <laughs> it is time to increase. That's right. I love you, Glenn. Put it in those comments. It's time to increase. And so I want to show you these because I know it'll help you. I know it'll stir you up. Three ways to get past that growth wall or that place where you feel like you've been capped. And if you haven't uh, shared the broadcast, please take a minute to share it today. Um, first of all, the first thing I want to show you this, if you've never seen this, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, go with me to second Kings two, and then I'm going to show you something in second Kings four. This is such an amazing thing. Uh, it's like, it, it blows my mind to see these, a uh, comparison. You compare these two stories and this is going to be number one, um, for today. 2 Kings 2 is the story of Elijah and Elisha. 2 Kings 6 is the story of Elisha and Gehazi. There, there's a change. So I want to explain this to you because this may be the first reason that you're not growing anymore, not increasing. Um, in 2 Kings chapter 2, the uh, prophet Elijah is getting ready to be taken into heaven. You know, chariots of fire, you know, the horsemen. And, and Elisha is with him. Elisha is his servant. Elisha is his spiritual son. And as they're, um, as they're getting ready, uh, they cross over the Jordan River. Elijah's getting ready to be taken up into heaven. And he says to Elisha something interesting. He says, what would you have me to do for you before I go? And Elisha asks for a very, very interesting thing. He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. That's, that's an odd thing to ask. A double portion, not of the Holy Spirit, of your spirit. And Elijah said, well, you've asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I go, check this out. If you see me when I go, then you can have it. Um, and this is interesting. So they come up and this is verse 11 of second Kings two. And the Bible says, uh, verse 11. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And look at verse 12. Here's the important part. And Elisha saw it and cried. Elisha what? Saw it. 
Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. Okay, so first of all, I want you to write this down in the comments section, Elisha saw it. I want you to, because this is huge. What I'm getting ready to show you, most people never, ever see. They never see this. Put, put it in the comments. Elisha saw it. He said, if you see me when I go, then you can have what you're asking for. But that was the contingency or, or, or the, uh, that was the prerequisite. You had to see me when I go. Well, angels are in the supernatural realm, not in the natural realm. They're in the supernatural realm. For Elisha to be able to see that, he had to be able to see in the supernatural realm. Do you see that? In order for Elisha to see him when he left, he had to be able to see in the supernatural realm. And so Elisha saw it. Elisha saw it. But if you go over to 2 Kings 6, there's another story. Elisha got the double portion. Now he is the prophet. Now he's uh, got his own servant whose name is Gehazi. And there was an evil king that wanted to destroy Elisha because every time the king would make plans to kill Israel, destroy Israel, its people and the king of Israel, the, the Lord would show Elisha the prophet and he would warn Israel and the king and all the plans would be thwarted. And so they surround that he, they found him. Elisha was staying in a, a town called Dothan and the king found out, sent an army and surrounded the town of Dothan to kill Elisha and his prophet. And, uh, so in second Kings six, the Bible says Gehazi went out in the morning and saw all the army and everybody that the king, the evil king had sent to kill him. And he freaked out. He freaked out. And notice this second Kings six, the Bible says, and verse 15, this is second Kings six, 15. And when the servant of the man of God, Gehazi, rose early in the morning and went out. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? And look at Elisha's response. And he said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Catch this now. And then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses, glory to God, and the chariots of fire all around Elisha. Look at the difference between these two stories. Did Elijah ever have to pray for Elisha and say, Lord, let him see the, the horses and chariots taking me up into heaven? No, he never had to pray one time for Elisha. Elisha had already developed himself to the place where no prayer was needed, he just simply saw into the spirit realm. He could see it. The reason he could take over from where Elijah was, was because he had the vision of his master. He could see into the spirit. But when you look at the other story, Gehazi could not see into the spirit. He could not see the heavenly armies. He could not see the angels and the chariots of fire that were there to help them. The prophet could, but Gehazi could not. And of course, if you'll study the Bible, you'll find out Gehazi never took Elisha's mantle, never became the next prophet. In fact, he was judged and he got leprosy. He couldn't see it. The first reason you may have hit a growth wall is because you cannot clearly see in the spirit realm that you can't see what God has planned. You can't see the path of God. You can't see the direction that he's leading you in. You can't see the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. The first reason that you may have hit that growth wall, inability to see in the spirit realm, inability to see in the spirit realm. Well, well why do I say that? Well, look at God's plan for you. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 17. Listen to what the Lord God says. He says, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. 
So you know what God's desire is? God's desire is that you profit. His desire is that you go the way that you should go, the way he's planned for you to go. Well, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 1611 that he said, Lord, you show unto me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. So God has a way for you to go. There's a lot of ways you could go and there's one way you should go. Amen. A lot of ways that you could go, but there's one way you should go. And when you're led by the spirit, if you can't see the path, if you can't see in the spirit what God wants you to do or where he wants you to be or how he wants you to function, you'll miss out. You'll get to a place a a level of growth, a level of increase, and you'll stop there. You'll hit a ceiling because you cannot see what God wants you to do or know or understand the direction that he wants you to go. And that's why the Bible says, Romans chapter eight, verse number 14, all those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. All that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. You've got to be led by the spirit of God in order to keep increasing. You can't do it in your flesh. You can't do it in your own natural strength. I like what Zechariah the prophet wrote in Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not by might. Hallelujah. Just put that in the comments real quick. It's not by might. It's not by might. Nothing that we've done this year, and I thank God for it, nothing that we've done this year or any year has by our, been by our own natural might or strength or wisdom. It's by his spirit. Everything's done. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. He gets all the honor. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So understand, put it in the comments. It's not by might. Promotion doesn't come from man. It comes from the Lord. Psalm 75, verses six and seven. Doesn't come from man, comes from the Lord. And so I want you to understand today that the first reason that you may not be uh, seeing that increase or that growth is because you can't see clearly what God wants you to do. And so this is why it take, takes time throughout your life of uh, prayer and fasting. See, if you don't pray and speak to the Lord, you're not gonna hear from the Lord. You're not going to hear from the Lord. If you don't take times of fasting, which is an expectation of Jesus for every single believer, by the way, if you don't take times of fasting to to quiet that flesh down, let me tell you, nothing shuts your flesh up quicker than fasting. And I mean, Bible fasting, not eating. Nothing shuts that flesh up quicker than fasting. And fasting should never be done alone, should always be done with prayer. It's just a supplement to prayer. And by the way, before we enter into the new year and uh, our normal year of fasting at the beginning of the year in January, if you don't know, I've got a book coming out for you uh, that I'm hoping to have in your hands uh, by December, the beginning of December, so you have a month to get, get it, read it, prepare yourself on biblical fasting. It's going to be a complete guide. It's going to be like a complete guide to biblical fasting. I'm, I'm including everything. It's not written from any certain perspective of, you know, fasting to receive power, fasting to receive direction. It's everything. It's every fast in the Bible. It's everything Pentecostal men have written over the last 100 years on fasting. Every revelation I can find that God gave men that, that uh, were Holy Ghost, I'm putting it out. And I'm, I'm working on it right now. I'll be writing more of it today. Uh, maybe I'll send you guys a chapter coming up in the, in the upcoming weeks. But let me tell you something. We need to fast and pray. I'm just telling you, we need to fast and pray. And so uh, it's going to be very important that you do those things because if you're disconnected, think about this. If you're disconnected from signal, what do I mean by that? Well, if you've ever um, been texting somebody before, maybe you were riding in a car or on a train or something like that, you're texting somebody and all of a sudden they don't write you back. And you're thinking, I've been telling them this is important conversation. Why aren't they saying anything? Thanks, Amber. And then you look and realize you've got no bars of signal. You're outside of, of your cell service. And then when you come back into cell service, 
you start realizing all the texts come through at one time. Well, it wasn't because they weren't speaking. It wasn't because they weren't texting. It's because you didn't have service. You weren't connected to signal to receive the messages. That happens to Christians is that they allow their flesh to take over and they become distracted. They become disconnected from the signal. And it's not that God's not speaking. It's that we're not hearing what he's saying. And that becomes a problem. So I want to encourage you, fasting and prayer are a must. They're a must. Seems like it's getting a little dark in here. I'm going to turn another light on if I got one. Boom. Uh, they're a must. You can't go throughout your life without fasting and praying as a Christian. You just can't. It's an expectation of Jesus. When you do it, what's going to take place? You're going to be connected to his voice and you'll be able to see what he wants you to do. You'll be able to hear what he wants you to do and you'll be able to do it. Once you get those instructions again, catch this. Once you get those instructions and obey them, increase starts to come. Hallelujah. Increase. I mean, look at the first miracle of Jesus. Look at the first miracle of Jesus, turning water into wine. I mean, think about that. He was at, he had, first of all, he didn't have a reputation. He'd never done any miracles yet. He literally had never performed one miracle. He's at this wedding and they run out of wine and uh, literally they've got nothing left. And Jesus' mother is like, no, listen to what my son says. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And he says to the servants, he says, uh, fill these six uh, stone water pots with water and bear it to the master of the feast. Well, they could have said, no, 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 I'm not bearing that to the master of the feast. We don't need water. We need wine. I've looked like a fool trying to take water to the master of the feast who's looking for wine. But they didn't say that. Notice that they got an instruction from Jesus. They saw what they were to do and they did it. They understood what they were supposed to do and they did it. Now, here, here's what takes me to number two on this list. The second thing that you've got to see, number two on this list is, it's not just what you see, but it's also what you believe. This is so massive. I got to talk about this for a minute because this is so massive for people. It's not just what you see. It's what you believe about what you see. So, they got an instruction from the Lord. They knew what Jesus wanted them to do so they could see it. But now they have to actually believe that what he told them to do would come to pass. Think about that. They had to believe independently of his reputation. He had no reputation. Independently of a reputation, they had to believe his word and actually take action on it. So they believed it apparently. Because they took step, they stepped out and took the water to the master of the feast. And I want to show you something. That's John chapter two. Listen to this. And the Bible says, he said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. But look, and when the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine. So notice it became wine as they were moving. Oh man, this is so big. It became wine as they were going. They had to actually have faith to bear it to him, to take it to the man. And so literally, as they were moving forward in their obedience, the water became wine. Glory to God. The water became wine. It's not just about what you see, know, or understand. It's about what you believe. What do you believe? Let me give you an example practically of what I'm talking about. God may give you a vision. Like I see a, a evangelist, Chris Cugini, <clears throat> you know, God may give you a vision to do something for his kingdom. And you may see and know what it is the Lord is asking of you or wanting you to do. But you may look at that vision and say, man, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could bring, I don't think I could carry that out. I don't think I could, I don't, I, I don't, not me, man. I, that's, that must be for somebody else. That must be a word I'm supposed to give somebody else. And what happens is, hey, Judy, what happens is God shows you and you see what you're supposed to do, but then you don't believe you could accomplish it. You don't believe you could do it. And so what happens? You have a word. You've got a vision. You've got the word of the Lord in your spirit. However, you're in a place where you don't believe that you could accomplish that vision. 
And that's detrimental. That will cap you from ever growing. That'll cap you from ever moving forward. You'll see it, you'll know it, but you'll never believe that you can do it. That's huge. And that, and you think, well, that can't be that. Um, Michael, the, the verse in Zechariah was Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power. But that you'd be surprised how much that happens to believers in the body of Christ. They see it. They have an understanding. They have an inkling of their calling, their purpose, but they don't step out because they don't believe that they could accomplish what it is God's called them to do. They don't believe it. And so as a result of they have a word, but if they don't believe it, they'll do nothing with it. So what happens? The, where you're at right now is where you'll stay. Think about that. I want you to put it in the comments with me today. I must believe my word. I must believe my vision. That might be a better way to say it. I must believe my vision. Because when God puts that vision in your spirit, when he puts that vision in your spirit, you have no choice but to believe that vision. Hallelujah. You have no choice but to believe that vision from the Lord. Because if you don't believe it, you'll never step out on it. That's why it takes Holy Ghost boldness. It takes Holy Ghost boldness. Because if you don't have Holy Ghost boldness, then you'll never, you'll never step out. I must believe my vision. If God's got something for me to do, I've got to believe it. I've got to believe it. I have no, I have no uh, choice but to believe it. Literally. No choice but to believe it. If I'm going to increase, amen. I mean, literally, if you want to increase, why would you do anything else but believe God's word? I want you to listen to this verse. In uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet Habakkuk writes this. Um, 2 verses 2 and 3. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. Listen to this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it for the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And I understand the context of that passage of scripture. I know what, what the prophet's prophesying about, but I want to use that principle to talk to you about this. It's like, for example, in, in February, when my father gave us a word, my wife and I, a word that we were going to be getting a building soon. Now, I, had, I hadn't had made any plans to get a building, but we received that prophetic word in February. And he saw it in a vision. He saw it in, in the spirit. Well, then I, we had him uh, sketch it out, sketch what it looked like. What do you see in the vision? And we did what Habakkuk said, write the vision, make it plain. Write the vision, make it plain. Write the vision, make it plain. So we, what did my dad do? He sketched that building out, even where the trees would be, everything. And what did we do? We say, oh, that's funny. He thinks he... No, we took that sketch as a prophetic word, hung it on the refrigerator, kept it in front of our eyes. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets. Hey, Caitlin, that, they, that he may run who reads it. Well, we wanted to run with that vision. We wanted to run into that vision. We wanted to see that vision come to pass. So what do we do? Kept that vision in front of our eyes and believed it. We let that thing penetrate into our spirits. I am getting a building. It's going to look like this. I'm going to have what God said I have. We're keeping it in front of our eyes. You see? Not say, well, you know, I know he thinks that. I'm sure he's just, you know, my dad. He wants to make me. No, I receive it in Jesus' name. And now we're in it. Of course, you've seen it. It's like Jenna that works with us. You know, same thing for her. When she received her prophetic word years ago, when I was preaching in Atlanta and she watched on the live stream, could not have children, had had, had miscarriages and miscarriages, miscarriages. Doctor said you'd never be able to successfully carry, carry children. Doctor told her she had cancer, all this other stuff. But what did she do? She got her vision in the spirit, received her word in the spirit and believed it. Did not believe it, believed it. Believed it so much, she kept the word in video form on her phone 
and then went through the word of God and printed out all of the places where women could not have children in the Bible and God gave them children. And she put it around her house, put it all over where she could see it, put it in front of her eyes so she'd believe it. See, faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you put that word in your spirit, the more the faith comes. And that's what she did. And though doctors said she'd never successfully carry a child, though she'd already had attacks in the past, within a year, she was holding her baby in her arms. Now she's got two running around the house. So I want you to hear this today. It's about not just seeing the vision, believing the vision. Believing the vision. Let me ask you a question. What's the biggest thing that would keep you from believing your vision? I'm going to tell you in a moment, but I want you to think about it. What's the biggest obstacle to believing your vision? You know what it is? Natural sight. Natural sight. That's why the Bible says multiple times, we walk by faith and not by sight. (laughs) That 2 Kings 6 passage I read to you with Gehazi, what was he doing? He was walking by sight. Came outside and said, oh my God, there's a whole army around this city. They're here to kill us. What are we going to do? What was he doing? Walking by sight. Walking by sight. What was the prophet doing? Walking by faith. I don't have to be afraid. There's more with us than there are with them. And that's the, and it's not just doubt, Dana, because doubt can't even come without sight. I mean, you think about that. It's very interesting that the opposite of faith is not doubt. According to scripture, the opposite of faith is sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. The just shall live by faith. So the thing is, doubt enters in by what you consume with your eyes and ears in the natural realm. Hallelujah. That would be something you'd want to write down. Put it in your notes and put it on the comments. Doubt enters through what I consume in my eye gate and ear gate, my eyes and ears. If I can, that's why I don't watch the news. I'm not going to sit around and let a bad report just fill my spirit constantly day in and day out. I don't even watch it. I don't even watch it. If I get a news update, it's because I'm scrolling through Twitter, literally, or something pops up on my phone. I don't watch the news. I don't need a bad report or what the Bible calls an evil report filling my spirit. I don't need it. I don't need it. So I want you to understand this. Uh, Doubt comes or enters through what I consume in my eyes and ears. Because what happens is if you consume it long enough, you'll begin to believe it and you'll begin to speak it. Why? Because whatever uh, fills your heart or whatever's the majority of your heart is what you'll speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I want you to catch that today, that doubt comes through what I consume by my eyes and ears in the natural realm, not in the supernatural realm. And I don't mean by reading the word that's supernatural. Just, I mean, if you read the, if you understand scripture, even the ability to understand and believe the Bible is a supernatural thing. That's why the Bible says sinners cannot do it. It's foolishness unto them. They can't, they, they don't believe it, receive it or understand it. Their minds have been darkened. So that shows you that being able to read and understand the word of God is a supernatural thing, not a natural thing. So obviously I'm talking about looking at things in the natural, believing the natural report, believing uh, the news, believing the culture, believing what's going on around us. I don't believe it. I don't receive it. It's not going to be our story in Jesus name. So if you're capped, if you've got a cap, you're trying to rise up. And you keep hitting a ceiling. Number one, it could be because you don't see what God wants you to do. But number two, it could clearly be because you don't believe that you could carry that thing out. You don't believe that you could carry that thing out. And so I want you to catch this now. If you don't believe it, what will happen? What will happen to you? You'll have a vision. You'll have a purpose. You'll have an anointing. But if you don't believe it, you won't step out to accomplish it. So here's number three. The third reason many people hit a growth wall, an increase wall, 
or ceiling in their life is that they're, they're not willing to discipline themselves to do what the Lord asked them to do. They just won't take action. They won't do it. They literally won't do it. There's a lot of people that contemplate doing things for the Lord. And then there's some that actually just do things for the Lord. <laughs> some people are waiting for perfect conditions. They're waiting to have all the equipment. They're waiting to have all the gear. I mean, look at this. There's preachers I know. There's business people I know. They won't ever do things to help their business. I mean, I've enc- I can't tell you how many preachers I've encouraged. You've got a word in your spirit. Release that word to people. Well, you know, I just don't have the open doors. Do what I'm doing today. Buy a little $30 tripod from Best Buy. Clip, you know, clip your phone in it and talk into your phone camera like I'm doing right now. It's not, there's no big production here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in a studio. I don't have professional TV lights on me. I don't have broadcast cameras filming me. There's no graphics flying up on the screen. There's no lower thirds like we have in the studio. I'm sitting in the middle of nowhere in a hotel room uh, with, look, listen, literally, if you could even see, you'd laugh. I've got a tripod that's sitting on top of a fruit basket <laughs> with my phone clipped into it. And I'm looking into a camera just talking to you because I got a word in my spirit. I got something to speak into your life today. And it's not, it's not what people are waiting for the perfect moment. They're waiting for the perfect equipment. They're waiting for the perfect room. They're waiting for the perfect opportunity. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. That's right. That's right, Amber. Discipline is not thinking, it's doing. It's doing. You, you know what I can encourage you? The biggest thing I can encourage you today? Just start doing. Just start doing. Do it. I mean, literally, there are things God's put in your spirit. He's put them in your spirit. He's given you a vision. He's given you faith. He's given you the ability, the mind of Christ. You know what you need to do? Do it. I know people that have had a desire to like produce music, they buy all the gear, all the equipment. They just keep working, but it's never good enough in their mind for them to release. Never good enough. You know, I had friends like that. Never good enough to release. Well, it's not where I want it yet. It's not. There's a. You'll never. They, it's been tw- you know 15 years. They've still not released one thing. Not one thing. I had a guy come up to me one time. He said, "Would you pray for me?" I said, "How would you like me to pray?" He said, "Well, I believe the Lord. Lord called me to preach about 30 years ago." I said, "30 years ago, and you're still not preaching." Well, no, you know, I said, well, let me tell you something. He probably called somebody else by now because <laughs> God's got an agenda, timeline, and a plan. You can't decide when and where you're going to obey God. You've got to just do it. Do it. I mean, this couldn't be any less produced than it is today, but I've got a word in my spirit that I got to get to you and I got to tell you. So what am I going to do? I'm going to wait and say, well, when I get back to my studio in Florida, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to really, no, I got a word for you today. God said, give it to you today. I'm giving it to you today for you to receive. There's people that need this word today. I mean, if you're one of those people, throw a hand up in the comments. You know what I'm talking about. You needed this word today in your spirit, man, to get moving forward and to break through that ceiling that's trying to keep you from your increase. Throw a hand up if that's you. Hey, what's up, Ted Melton and Ashley? I love you. If you're one of those that needed this, thank you, Amber, for sowing that seed. I mean, you you're, you know what I'm talking about. If you wait, it's a mistake. You wait and you miss out on what God's asking you to do. So you've got to see it. You've got to believe it. And then without question, you got to do. You better do. You better start today. I mean, literally, whatever it is God's put in your spirit, start it today. No more excuses. There's nothing you can't learn, by the way. You've got YouTube and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Nothing you can't learn today. There's JC. I love you, buddy. Nothing. Kelly Henderson, what's up? Nothing you can't learn. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the mind of Christ. And you've got YouTube. Those two things combined, YouTube tutorials and the mind of Christ, you can learn anything you need to learn to do anything. I mean it. I mean that. Anything. But you know what you got to do? Do. You got to do it. You got to produce something, produce something. I don't care if it's, if you think it's crap, I don't, I don't care if you think it's, it's the worst thing you've ever done. Release it, do it, produce it, get it out. There's people watching me. God's told you, you've had a book in your spirit for five years. 
Well, I'm going to get around to writing that book. Write it. Start today. Write the first chapter. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. For people, you, 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 God's given you things to do. You're like, well, I got this in my spirit. And I'm just believing God. One of these days, I'm going to get around to doing it. No. Start today. Get, do it. Get something done for the Lord. Produce something. God's looking for production and producers. Thank you, John, for sowing that seed. I love you, buddy. I mean, think about it. God is looking for producers. He's looking for production in the kingdom. He's not looking for people that are going to wait 30 years. He's looking for people that are going to produce. He's given you. That's why I, <clears throat> I often read to you the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Three servants who God gave them talents. Two of them actually produced and got a well done. They got a well done. Look at that. Katie said, I wrote a book and it sits on the shelf. Produce that bad boy. Let it, let it out. I don't care if you sell two copies. One's your mom and one's your, you, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter. God's the one that gave it to you. Release it, produce it. And in the parable of the talents, what happened to the one who buried his talent? God referred to him as a wicked, a wicked servant. See, uh, maintenance mode, cruise control, burying your talent is wickedness. God gave it to you to produce, to produce, but you got to take action. Listen to this. First uh, Samuel chapter 31. This is huge. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment, but catch this big. This is very big. <clears throat> it's, it's wild that, um, or excuse me, uh, I'm sorry. First Samuel 30, not 31. 1 Samuel 30, you got this issue where David's wives and his servants' wives and his men's wives and children are all captured, you know, uh, carried off as slaves. Their stuff is stolen from them. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 1, they came to Ziklag on the third day and the Malachites had made a raid against the Negev and Ziklag and overcome it and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. And David and his men came to the city and found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. And listen to what happened. You'd think, you know, if your wife or husband or kids were taken captive, you'd just immediately go after them. But David wanted to be sure it was God's will that he go. He wasn't going to do anything that God didn't tell him to do. So what did he do? Verse seven, David said to Abiathar, the priest, son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David and inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? That's what he asked the Lord. And he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and recover all. So, David set out. I love that. So David set out as soon as he got a word from the Lord. Catch that. As soon as he got a word from the Lord, what did he do? Set out. He didn't wait a week. He didn't wait a month. He didn't wait a year. He set out. Hallelujah. I want you to put it in the comments. I must start. All caps if you have to. But put it in the comments right now. I must start. Everybody that's watching, this is so vital. If you don't catch this, you'll miss out on what God has planned for you. One thing my wife and I have learned is that it is in the doing that God blesses you. <clears throat> it's in the doing. It's in the doing. It's not in the thinking. It's not in anything else. It's in the doing that God blesses you. Because the doing is the action of faith. God could not have allowed David to recover all, get his wife back, get his children back, get their property back. He could not have done any of that if he didn't set out. What's up, VNA? Love you. He couldn't have done any of that if he didn't set out. You must start immediately. You must set out. You must go. You must start. Produce. Produce for the kingdom of God. And I find it interesting, <clears throat> David did recover all. He did recover all, but he had to do. He had to go. If you don't do, if you don't go, how can you ever conquer? How can you ever be victorious if you don't start? And I'm encouraging you. 
God wants to see you increase. You know, when we took that building over, did you know, and you guys know this, if you're our partners or our friends, we didn't ever announce we were getting a building. We didn't ever announce that we were stepping into a new studio and building out a new studio. The first time we announced it is the day we went live in that studio for the first time. That's when we announced it, the day that we did it. We didn't tell you. We didn't ask you to pray. We, didn't, we stepped out. God gave us a prophetic word. We went. We saw it. We, we took it. We took over the property, got the keys, anointed it with oil. But can I tell you what God did in our going? Listen to how, we, how what God did in our going as we started. We signed the papers by faith. <clears throat> we took the keys. We started by faith. We started, you know, we carpeted it. We painted it. We put the gear in. We did all the stuff we needed to do all by faith. No one knew. No one knew but God. And let me tell you something. One of our partners who knew nothing about it felt to write a large check, and they did, and sent it in, and it paid for the entire year of that building. Where was the blessing? The blessing was in the going. <clears throat> the blessing was in the going. Do you know, when Lester Sumrall stood in front of the, the government and asked them to declassify the plans for the C-130 cargo plane. Someone asked him, how much money did you have to buy that plane if they were to declassify the C-130 to make civilians able to buy it? He said, zero dollars. <laughs> I had zero, but I was asking by faith. <clears throat> and by the way, he did buy one and was the first civilian to ever own one after the military declassified it. But imagine the faith to stand before the government and ask them, let me buy a government cargo plane, a military cargo plane, and have no money in the bank to buy it. God blesses us in the going. God blesses us in the going. If you don't get going, hallelujah. If you don't get going, here's what's insane. God could open up a way for you. He could open up a way for you, and if you don't get going, the way makes no difference, right? Imagine the, the book of Exodus. What did God do? He opened up the Red Sea for his people, but you know what they still had to do? Get going. Start moving forward. It doesn't matter if the sea's open. It doesn't matter if God makes a way out of no way if you don't go. And so there it was, sea sitting open in front of them, literally. Rivers in the desert, but the opposite. Roads. I like this new song. They sang it last night at the church. It's an elevation worship song. Uh, Paul, if you're still watching, they did it here too. Graves into gardens. I don't know if Paul's still watching from Montana, but they did the song here in Botkins last night, Graves into gardens. <clears throat> and there's a phrase during that song that I love, and it says, you turn seas into highways. That's a powerful thought. You turn seas into highways. That's what God did for them. That looked like it was a the end of their road. It looked like their back was against a wall until God stepped in, turned a sea into a highway so that two million people could walk through. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But it doesn't matter if he turns seas into highways. If you don't get on the highway, it's time to move. It's time to move. One more thing in the comments. I want you to put it in. It's time to move. Put it in the comments, man. It's time to move without question. It's time for me. It's time for you. All of us in the Victory Tribe, it's time for us to move. We're moving forward. Violent increase, expedited favor. We will not miss what God has for us in the final months of this year. We will not miss it. We will not miss it. It's time to move. It's time to move. Hallelujah. It's time to move. Put it in the comments. He turned seas into highways. I tell you, get ready. God's getting ready to open up the way for you and your family. You're getting ready to run with a new, a new fervor. You're getting ready to run with a new anointing upon your life. It's time to move. You will not be limited in Jesus' name. You will not stop growing in Jesus' name. You'll not stop increasing in the mighty name of Jesus. It's time to move. Hallelujah. He turns seas into highways. He turns seas into highways. Time to move, man. So um, let me just encourage you. 
wherever you're at. I don't care what part of the world you're watching me from today. Doesn't matter. Wherever you are, it's time to get started immediately. Don't let today end without you taking some kind of a step of faith to move forward and begin to do what God's called you to do. Because let me encourage you today. If no one's told you, you are anointed. You're filled with the power of God. His purpose is upon your life. There's nothing you can't do. All things are possible to them that believe. It's time to move. It's time to move. So let me let me encourage you. Let me be the one. If nobody else is motivating you on this mo- on this Monday, let me give you some Monday motivation. Get started today. I don't care what action steps you have to take. Everybody's different. Every calling's different. Every purpose is different. But do something. Do something to obey the voice of God and the vision of God that's in your spirit. And don't let today pass. September the 28th, 2020. Don't let today pass without doing something as an action of obedience to step out on what God's called you to do. Because let me tell you, your life is not insignificant. Your purpose is not insignificant. If God has brought you into his body, if you're the elect, if you're one of those that God chose before the foundations of the world to be in the body of Christ, then let me tell you something. He did it for a purpose. He did it for a purpose. And that purpose is victory. That purpose is to see you impact your generation before it's too late. (laughs) Dave's got me laughing. What's the secret? (laughs) I love you, Dave. You're anointed. I mean, somebody write it in the comments in case the enemy tries to contradict me. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed. I am anointed. Say it all day long if you have to. Take a black Sharpie marker, write it on your hand if you have to. So every time you look down, if you're typing on a keyboard, if you're doing work with your hands, all you see is I am anointed. I am anointed. I don't care. Write it on your hand if you got to. And be that person. Hashtag I am anointed. I don't care if your coworkers are like, why is that on your hand? What's that? Yeah, I'm anointed. God's empowered me to do what I do. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you before I finish this today. Because let me tell you, time's running out. And God has put you in this generation for a purpose. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thanking God that you're alive right now. I'm thanking God that he put you in this final generation to do the work he's called you to do. So I want to pray for you and ask God that he would give you boldness, fill you with fire, and put you on track to do what you have been anointed to do in Jesus' name. Father, I'm praying for every man and woman that's watching this or listening on the broadcast, on the podcast, let this be the day they get started. Let this be the day that the fire of your spirit jumps up in their belly, gives them boldness to step out and boldly approach the throne of grace and accomplish their purpose by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we declare that we've got the mind of Christ. We're anointed by the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. I ask you now, Lord, in Jesus' name, to open rivers like you did at the Jordan River in Joshua chapter three. Open it up like you did for the Red Sea. Open it up and let us walk through doors that weren't even there before. Things that weren't even available to us before. Lord, in the last three months of 2020, open up the way. Open up the way in Jesus' name. Open up the way by the power of your Holy Ghost and let us run through. Give us boldness, give us strength, give us purpose. Let us see it, let us believe it, let us do it. And we will not be capped in our increase. We'll not be capped in our purpose. In Jesus' name, we're moving forward. We declare it. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, throw some fire in the comments section. Let me know you believe it today, that you're standing with me, and that you don't, you're not going to let anything stop your increase, your growth in the kingdom of God. You're on fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on that today, man. Catch your word. God's got it for you. Let me encourage you in these final moments of the broadcast and listening on the podcast to sow a seed by faith into Miracle Word Ministries. Do you know we are in the fourth consecutive week of revival? We started in Ontario, Ohio, went to Montana, 
went to Evansville, Indiana. Now we're in Botkins, Ohio. Next week, week five, we're in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Week off, then to York, Pennsylvania, then to Huntington, Texas. God's doing it, man. God's opening doors. People are hungry. And I want to encourage you to get involved in this. I want to encourage you to be a part of what this ministry is doing. See, because when you connect with us in partnership, what we're accomplishing for the kingdom is not just credited to our account, it's credited to your account. Those that are saved, those that are healed, those that are delivered, set free, not just credited to our account, it's credited to yours. The Bible says, and I'm not, I'm not quoting this claiming to be a prophet, I'm just showing you the principle. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. Well, what does that mean? If you'll receive an evangelist in the name of an evangelist, you'll receive an evangelist reward, meaning that God will bless you as he's blessing us and that those that are saved will be credited to your account and ours because you're helping us push this gospel forward. And so all the details of where we're going to be and when we're going to be there can be found at miracleword.com and you can click on the schedule page and you'll see everywhere we're going to be. You can make plans to join us live, all of that. How can you sow a seed today? How can you partner with us? Easily. Go to miracleword.com, miracleword.com, click on that give page, and I'm encouraging you, set up a monthly seed, partner with us wherever you can. You might be at the place where you can only do $50 right now. We're asking God to attach uh, at least a thousand people to us that'll sow $85 a month or more as we're stepping out to go on television around the world. I just met with uh, another one of our friends last night and talked through more options for phase three, where we'll actually be able to go into over 180 nations of the world with television. Uh, phase one, we're going to be hitting 80 plus million homes, three continents. Phase two, 39 million more people. Phase three, we're going to hit the whole world. And so thank you for everybody that's using hashtag donate on Facebook to sow right in the comments section. I appreciate that. Those of you that are watching, you can use that as well. The hashtag sign and the word donate. Thank you, Judy. That means a lot. I appreciate you standing with us. Listen, for everybody that's sewing $85 or more this month, we're sending you a hardcover signed book by my pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas. It's called Speak to the Void. And it's a book that he wrote on how, by the power of your words and confession and authority, to take where the enemy decided to make chaos and bring it back into order by the power of God. And you have that ability. And we're going we're gonna to send that to you as our gift. If you want to receive it, all you've got to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and fill out the form. Let us know how you sewed and an address. We can mail you the book and, and we'll bless you with it. But let me encourage you that if you've not, not yet stepped out to partner with this ministry on a monthly basis, do what you can do. Do what you can do. Maybe you can do $50 a month right now and God will increase you later. Maybe you can, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe you can do $100 a month. We've got people doing $500 a month, you know, 300, 200. Whatever you can do, do it by faith. If you want to use Cash App, our ministry Cash App is MWGive. Dollar sign, MWGive. If you want to use Venmo, it's the same, MWGive. Of course, we have PayPal as well. It can all be found, all of it, at miracleword.com. Click on the Give tab, and uh, you can give there. And I appreciate it, man. We love those of you that are sowing. If you are sowing largely into this ministry, $1,000 or more one time, as well as that book, we're going to include my new book, Hardcover, Limited Edition, Further Faster, and the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible. Let me say this before we go today. Um... We have two new things I want to say to you. Number one, brand new magazines coming out in just a couple of weeks. We're shipping it to you. Uh, big, big testimonies in it, building your faith, getting you ready for what God has in the last three months. If you don't get our magazine for free, go to miracleword.com, click that link to sign up to receive the magazine. Now, if you have already done that, if you already have it, don't do it again. But if you've never done it, if you've never gotten it, Sign up today. We want to send it to you absolutely free. Number two, dropped a new little video on YouTube today. Some motivation for you on this Monday. Uh, go check it out. It's only about six minutes long. And uh, something's a little bit of a behind the scenes with, with uh, some motivation for Monday. Go check it out. 
and uh, enjoy it. I'm here in Botkins, Ohio through this week and the next week. Can you join us? Fitchburg, Massachusetts, Crossroads Community Church. I'm excited, man. It's going to be great. I love you guys, man, so very much. I'll be live all week at 10.30 a.m. Uh, right here on Facebook. We're just doing Facebook because I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I don't have the ability to go live on all three platforms. So join me again tomorrow and all this week on Facebook, 10.30 a.m. I love you so much. Have a powerful day. I'll be live preaching again tonight from uh, Botkins, Ohio on Facebook. You can join us in the service online. Have a great day. Thank you for those that are sewing. We appreciate you. We love you. And I'll talk to you again tonight and tomorrow. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.